Sad and lonely, weak and weary, down life's rugged path I roam. Heart is bleeding, soul is weeping, seeking rest and finding none. Father, once I dearly loved thee in the happy days of yore, but of love this world has robbed thee, shall I never love thee more. These words are taken from a famous hymn, The Backslider, by Charles E. Orr. But these lyrics raise some questions for us. Is this hymn biblical? Does it reflect the truth of Scripture? Can a truly regenerate Christian lose their salvation and become lost and dead again, just like before they were saved? We're going to answer these questions tonight as we discuss the Calvinistic doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. Stay tuned with us tonight on Sinners and Saints. In an age of moral bankruptcy, political sleaze, theological confusion, and aimless religion in a mindless church, we're addressing the need for a Bible-based, intellectually rigorous, 21st century Christian faith. This is Sinners and Saints. Theology with an edge. Welcome to Sinners and Saints tonight. Joining us for our discussion is Reverend Adam Kalustian from Ontario United Reformed Church and Moses Janbazian from Pasadena United Reformed Church. And we're continuing on, uh, taking on the topic of TULIP. And tonight we're going to deal with perseverance of the saints. And before we get into a lively discussion about this debatable, debated topic, I want to begin with a definition to help us kind of work our way through this issue. The Westminster Confession, Chapter 17, Paragraph 1 gives, I think, a nice uh, working definition when it says, They whom God hath accepted in his beloved, effectually called and sanctified by his Spirit, can neither totally nor finally fall away from the state of grace, but shall certainly persevere therein to the end and be eternally saved. When you're dealing with a topic of perseverance of the saints, I think the confession here highlights the main things, that a person who is truly saved and set apart by the Holy Spirit and regenerate will certainly persevere. The end is not unknown. It's not in doubt. This is one of the beautiful things about this doctrine is what an incredible comfort it gives to the believer. It tells him that he is loved by God, chosen by him, and God has ordained the means that will keep him in the true faith until the last day when he shall be able to face his Lord and rejoice with him at the work that God has done. And what's really, I guess, sad or disturbing is to see how many people really hate this doctrine. How many people find that it is somehow blasphemous to God or that it somehow will cause those who have been loved to actually respond in rebellion to God? And it's really hard to come to grips with that, especially if you repeat this phrase over to yourself, shall certainly persevere therein that is in their salvation how could a person who honestly looks at themselves in the mirror day after day and evaluates their life in light of the law of god and continues to struggle and wrestle with sin and sometimes wonder good grief did i did i did coming to christ putting my faith in him matter at all because they look at how they can still struggle in the faith if they they think that way and then they read these phrases shall certainly pierce persevere I don't understand how you could object to that. Well, yeah, I mean, some of the most soothing words that Jesus ever speaks to us as poor sinners um, to whom he has shown his his gracious salvation found in John 6. And he, 
he really promises us that all those whom he has drawn to himself will not be lost, but they will most certainly be saved. I'm going to read from John chapter 6, uh, beginning at verse 37. He says, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. So Jesus says, Everyone who comes to me, I certainly will not uh, cast them out. Of course, some people will say to that, Well, yeah, but even though Jesus won't cast you out, you may jump out, you may jump out away from him. Uh, but he goes on to say, The will of the Father who sent me is that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but would raise them up at the last day. So Jesus says, Anyone who comes to me, not only will uh, I not uh, lose them, or I won't kick them out, but I will definitely not lose them. None will be lost. They will be raised up. This is so comforting for God's people. It's amazing that anybody even challenges the idea. Well, even throughout the Old Testament, God was promising that such a covenant would exist whereby he would actually cause the people to remain faithful and he would give to them the blessing. In Isaiah 54:10, For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Jeremiah 32:40 I will make with them an everlasting covenant that I will not turn away from doing good to them and I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. You know, one of my uh, favorite passages along these lines of perseverance of saints in the New Testament is 1 Peter 1. Uh, Peter begins in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection from the dead. But then he goes on to talk about the very same people who God caused to be born again. He says in verse 5, they are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. Peter says not only did God cause this regeneration to come about sovereignly apart from any work of our own, but those very same people God protects. And the idea there is to put a military shield around them. And that's 100% God's work. He, he, he marks us out as a peculiar possession, uh, those who he loves, and he, he, he watches over us all throughout our, our spiritual journey. That's right. And, and he even protects them from themselves. I mean, the Apostle Paul talks about this. He talks about his life as a Christian in Romans 7. And he says, you know, I look at myself and what I want to do to serve God and to be faithful to God, I don't do. And what I hate to do, sin against him, struggle with unbelief, uh, be disobedient. That's exactly what I do. And who will deliver me from this body of death? Well, he says, I thank God that Jesus Christ my Lord delivers me from this body of death. And this is the same apostle that writes at the uh, later in that letter. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I am convinced, says Paul, that neither death nor life, angels or principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the deep, electing, and persevering preserving love of the Father, not even myself. And that is such a comfort. Anybody who wrestles with sin on a daily basis, again, I repeat this, is going to rejoice in this infallible assurance of Scripture. They shall certainly persevere in their salvation. When we come back after the break, we're going to continue to go through some passages of Scripture. And then after that, we're going to take on some of the objections to perseverance of the saints, which we know you probably have in the back of your mind. So stay tuned with us after the break.
Hi there. This is uh, Reverend John Sautel, co-host of Sinners and Saints. Uh, do you live in the Chino Hills or Diamond Bar area? Well, if you do, I want to extend a very special invitation to you to come join us to study the Word of God. On Tuesday evenings at 7.30 at Chino Hills High School, we're currently studying through the Book of Romans. If you'd like to join us, just give me a call at 909-319-3479. That's 909-319-3479. Or for more information, check us out at allsaintsreform.org. That's allsaintsreform.org. Reformation Radio. Theology with an edge. Come to worship God at the Pasadena United Reformed Church. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. Hear the gospel faithfully preached. Rejoice in the God of your salvation. Come and join us on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. We are located at 226 West Colorado in Arcadia off the Santanita exit of the 210 freeway. Call us at 866-99-UNITED or visit us at urcsocal.org. Hi, this is Pastor Bureau of Grace Evangelical Church in Torrance. We are a new Reformed church serving all of South Bay. As a member of the United Reformed Churches of North America, Grace Evangelical Church emphasizes the preaching of the gospel, weekly administration of the Lord's Supper, catechism of our children, and emphasis on the singing of the psalms, all in a family-friendly atmosphere. Come, worship with us. You can reach us at area code 310-782-7019. All right, back here after the break. We're so glad you're joining us tonight on Sinners and Saints as we take on this topic of perseverance of the saints. And we know that this is a, a doctrine that is disputed and debated a, a lot among evangelicals, and I think even beyond our circles, uh, if you go on into Catholicism and Orthodoxy and so forth. But particularly evangelicals uh, have a problem with the doctrine of perseverance of the saints because I think very often people who have not been taught Orthodox Calvinism this uh, quote that I read from the Confession of Westminster Confession it says, uh, "The effectually called shall, shall certainly persevere." When they hear that, they hear eternal security. Well, yeah, they say something like this. Well, if you believe that you know once you're saved, you will remain saved until the end because it's based on the promises of God, then you guys are going around saying people can sin as much as they want to sin and have as much unbelief as they can, but, you know, in the end, they're all going to be saved anyway. I mean, grace is free, according to you, right. and they can you just You give your advantage. life to Jesus once, you go, you walk the sawdust trail, you say the sinner's prayer, and then you go live like hell all you want, but that's all right, because you're under the blood of Jesus And now. Jesus loves you anyway, and nothing shall separate us from your love. They're, they're accusing us of teaching that. We need to just make sure that we explain that right now. We distinguish ourselves from that. In fact, we reject that theology. We do not believe that you can live as a pagan when you are really saved because you're not only saved from the penalty of sin scripture teaches you're saved from the power and the dominion of sin and god is now working in you those good works he predestined you to do and so the believer the elect the one who will persevere to the end is one who is under the means of grace and being used by god and growing in his sanctification conformed to the image of christ as savior so no we do not agree with this uh, glib, once saved, always saved idea. We do not believe in eternal security as you may have commonly heard it. What we are teaching is perseverance, that you persevere in the true faith as God works in you and reminds you of your sins through the preaching of the word, through the reading of the law, and calls you back again and again while he's building you up. Yeah, unfortunately, it has been taught by people who say that they are Calvinists that you know you can pretty much do whatever you want 
And at the end of the day, it will all work out all right for you because somehow Who you're on the that, list. Who says that, though? I mean, can you think of a single popular name in the history of Calvinist thought who ever taught that publicly? I'd like to know. I can't even I, tell I can't. you anyone who is, you know, a theologian who does this, but I can tell you this. There's a lot of people out there right now calling themselves Calvinists okay. or Reformed okay. who are an right. embarrassment to the true faith because they say, I believe the five points of Calvinism will not attend church, will not be under the means of grace. And they just say, well, because what I believe is true, I know that I'm already saved. I don't need the rest of this. It's all bells and whistles. I think it's important to distinguish. I'm sure there are people out there in the name of Calvinism, Adam. I think you're 100% right. In the name of Calvinism, they're imposters. Because I don't know anybody in the Reformed tradition, any serious Reformed theologian, I think most of us have studied somewhat in this tradition, who who teaches that publicly. It's always a, a very qualified, nuanced presentation of this doctrine. At the end of the day, we all affirm that those who have really been called, those who have really been regenerated, those who have really been elected by God's sovereignly eternity past will persevere. They will not be separated from God. And for those of you who do embrace the five points and you look down your nose at others for not believing it, but yet you yourselves will not attend church, we're calling out to you right now and warning you, you do not have a living faith if this is how you are, this is what you believe. You must be under the means of grace because God has not only willed the ends, but the means by which he will cause you to persevere. He will preserve you through the preaching of the word okay. and the sacraments. Okay, you're baiting me here, Moses. I was going to bring this in later, but I think we have to bring this up because, hey, if we look to the history of Calvinism, we say, where did this whole idea of tulip originate? Although it's not really fair to say in every way that the doctrine of tulip comes out of the canons of Dort in the 17th century. It has been summarized, that, that particular church council has been summarized now with the acronym TULIP. But when they deal with the doctrine of perseverance of the saints, they place it directly within the sphere of the church when they say in Article 14 of Chapter 5, and as it pleased God by the preaching of the gospel to begin the work of grace in us, so he preserves, continues, and perfects it by the hearing and the reading of his word, by meditation thereon, by the exhortations, threatenings, and promises thereof, and by the use of the sacraments. You see, the Reformed tradition has no place for this go-it-alone, John Wayne kind of spirituality where, hey, if I'm elect, if I'm predestinate, if I'm in the club, then I can live however I want. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to center the preaching of the word. I can have my own private little Bible study, That's and right. I'll be you good. Know, you know, I listen to Sinners and Saints. I listen to uh, R.C. Sproul. I listen to Whitehorse Inn. I got my Bible. I watched I D. James, D. James Kennedy on Sunday morning. You know, I read I my books. Church. I read my books. I think John, Adam, and Moses are pretty cool guys. I'm along with that whole business. And so I think that even though I'm completely separate from a true church where I can be under the means of grace and be held accountable by the uh, by the elders of the church, even though I've divorced myself from all of that, you know, I still am safe. And we don't believe that. We don't teach that. And we warn people against that kind of carnal false security. Yeah, and there's a lot of people out there who will not submit themselves to the rule of the elders in a local church. They will not come under their authority. They will not be accountable to anybody. Yet at the same time, they want to claim that they, that they are Christians. Well, you know what? You have no. You should have no such confidence 
the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints as understood by the Reformed people throughout the last four or five hundred years and going back beyond them throughout, the, throughout church history has never held that. God, who not only appointed the end, appointed the means. And the means of perseverance is in the context of the church, through the means of grace, under the oversight of the elders. If you do not understand perseverance in that way, you have an incorrect, unbiblical understanding. We come back after the break. We're going to continue to deal with this issue of the perseverance of the saints. You're listening to Sinners and Saints on 99.5 FM, KKLA. Hi, this is Reverend John Sautel, pastor of Congregational Life and Outreach at First United Reformed Church of Chino. We are a Protestant, Bible-based, family-oriented church committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are located just off the 60 Freeway at Mountain Avenue in Chino. We worship at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. every Sunday. If you'd like more information about our church, give us a call at 866-99-UNITED. That's 866-99-UNITED. Are you looking for a church that values the Word of God and the rediscovery of its riches in the Protestant Reformation? Hi, I'm Pastor Adam Kalusti, and I want to invite you to join us at the Ontario United Reformed Church. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. Take the Euclid Avenue exit off the 60 Freeway, go north one block to Philadelphia Street, turn right, and you'll see us. That's the Ontario United Reformed Church, 866-99-UNITED. All right, we're back here after the break. We're continuing on this doctrine of perseverance of the saints. And uh, if you'd like to know more about this topic, we'd love to give you a copy of the Three Forms of Unity. Just contact us at 866-99-UNITED, particularly uh, within those three forms, you have the Cans of Dort, which the whole fifth chapter deals with this in a very pastoral yet theologically sound wet manner. And uh, if you want to learn more about this doctrine, you definitely want that. So call us 866-99-UNITED. We'd be happy to send it out to you. And like I said, after the break, we're going to come back and we're going to give you some more biblical uh, proof for this for this argument for perseverance of the saints. Okay, but John, before we do that, I we've got to hammer home this point. I mean, we we made it, but it's very important because we know that there are people listening who have this idea that as long as I have my theology straight and my life somewhat in order, and I believe like in the five points of Calvinism, and I believe I can never lose my salvation, that I don't have anything to do with the church, and let it be known that you heard it here at least that. Reformed people have never thought people thinking that way and keeping themselves separate from a church had any right to any assurance of their salvation. I just want to read Belgic Confession Article 28. It says, We believe that the true church is an assembly of those who are saved and that outside of the church there is no salvation and that no person whatsoever state or condition he might be in ought to withdraw himself from the church to live in a separate state from it, but rather that all men are duty-bound to join and unite themselves with it. Therefore, all those who separate themselves from the same or do not join themselves to it act contrary to the ordinance of God. And if you have that kind of sin in your life, you have no reason for security. Well, I, I can tell you right now what somebody's going to say to that. They're going to say, that sounds really Roman Catholic. I have to be a part of, the, of a visible church. I, the church mediates salvation to me. Well, that's like saying, I'm going to continue on in committing my sin of adultery, but, you know, 
I'm going to have salvation. No, there's a clear commandment of God in the Scripture that you belong to the body of Christ, that you will be preserved through the preaching of the Word of Christ and through the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper in the context of accountability of the elders. If you don't have that and you have security, you are lying to yourself. The apostle who wrote these words, he, referring to Jesus, entered once for all into the holy place, taking not the blood of goats and calves, but his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Also writes, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So here you have that absolute confidence in our salvation finally finished in Christ, our full and total redemption combined with the necessity of gathering together with the assembly of the saints, which of course is the worship where the word of God is preached. And to forsake the public assembly, if I get his argument correctly, is the same thing as forsaking the blood. It's saying that blood isn't for me. That, that's how we verify this, right? That's exactly what it's saying. And see, I know some of you are hearing this saying, well, there they go again. You know, they're just trying to uh, get people to come into Reformed churches, and they're imposing that doctrine on all these other doctrines that have nothing to do with it. But we're saying no. The Scripture itself connects the doctrine of perseverance of the saints, the security we have from those promises, with our being part of the assembly. Let us, now I'm going to repeat the verse that Moses read. This is Hebrews uh, 10.24. Let us consider one another stirring up love and good uh, works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some. Verse 26 says, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. We are not imposing, say, belonging to the church, being under the means of grace, onto the doctrine of perseverance of the saints. The scripture connects them directly. So if all you're doing is sitting at home, reading your Bible, believing these doctrines, listening to the good radio shows, okay, you are basically left with, verse 27, a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fiery indignation which will devour God's adversaries. So I hope as you are hearing these things, you understand the Reformed doctrine of perseverance is not eternal security. You've walked down the sawdust trail. You raised your hands when everybody's heads was bowed and eyes were closed. We are talking about a real living faith where God continues to work in his people through his spirit, through the means of grace. That is the security. That is the absolute assurance we have. It's God's work in us. That, that, and I think that's what nails it about. That's that connects these things together, is that it's, it's God's way of working. It's not my way of working. It's God's way of working his grace and sustaining the grace which he first initially worked in us when he converted us. That's the whole point of this. And as we're being more and more transformed into the image of Christ, do you remember the command we just read? We are to be there to encourage one another. We have a function in the body. Each and every one of us is a member of the body where Christ is the head. We are doing our parts, and the church grows. We mature and are sanctified, and God receives all the glory. All of our doctrines hang together. We'll talk more about how probably in the next show, Perseverance of the Saints is the the necessary outworking of our other things we've been teaching you about total depravity, about election, about the atonement. But even the idea of understanding the church, it all goes together. If you reject one part of the reformed system of doctrine, again, not reformed because reformed, but the Bible's teaching 
about the Christian faith and the Christian life. If you reject one part of it, you're on very shaky ground overall. Turns out that the old saying, he who does not have the church as his mother does not have God as his father, ends up applying here to the perseverance of the saints as well. It has pleased God to join the end of perseverance to the means of being a part of the church, taking part of the sacraments, being under the watchful authority of the elders, as the very means he uses to keep us in Jesus Christ unto eternal salvation. Join us again next week as we continue on this topic of perseverance of the saints. Thanks for joining us tonight on Sinners and Saints. Join us next week as we tackle more topics with the truth of God's Word on Sinners and Saints, Theology with an Edge. For more information, call 866-99-UNITED or log on to the web at urcsocal.org. That's 866-99-UNITED.